Hey, good evening, everyone, or morning, or whatever it is where you're at when you're listening to this. I'm still in New York, and it looks like we're going to be here an extra day. Um, snowstorm here interrupted my wife's work schedule, and they've extended her stay here an extra day, which means they've extended my stay here an extra day. So I'm here with this uh, hodgepodge setup of a streaming situation here, and... Um, we're going to keep reading the Her Report. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I think you are. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, and I appreciate that. I'm glad there are there are many nerds out there who are interested in uh, listening to me read it, one, two, listening to me uh, comment on it. Um, so that's the plan for right now. This is going to be part four of our reading. We'll see how far we get. If you're liking this right here, you know, you're liking these episodes, then please give the video on Rumble a thumbs up and uh, look for any clips that you might want to share over on my Rumble page. If you want to do more than that, you're welcome to, and I appreciate it. There's ko-fi.com where you can keep my coffee cup filled. I have some fresh coffee here from Ground Central here in New York City in Manhattan. It's very delicious. Uh, You can also go to Benson Honey Farms and get yourself some honey or some soap or some candy. Use the affiliate link. They'll kick a few dollars my way out of that purchase. Bootleg products. You use this affiliate link and get yourself some chili, salsa, sauces, seasonings, what have you. They'll kick a few dollars out of your purchase my way. And you get delicious food. It's a pretty good deal. Manly cans. It's it's Valentine's Day. Hope you guys have a wonderful Valentine's Day. My wife and I went out to dinner last night for our Valentine's Day. Um, and it was wonderful. If you still need a gift... For the manly man in your life, Manly Cans is a great place to go. Click on this link here, this affiliate link. Find a can that you think your man would like or customize a can with various items you think they would like and place an order here. They'll kick a few dollars my way. Lastly, there is merch. Over here at my merch store, you can find the best item. You can find lots of items. You know, you can find stickers and hats and hoodies and shirts and all those things. But... The best thing is definitely the uh, the coffee cup. And people who have purchased the coffee cup send me pics of them enjoying their coffee out of it, and they they confirm it is also their favorite item. It's a it's a high quality coffee mug, gotta say. And I'm a coffee snob, so I would know. All right, and thanks guys for all your support. You guys make this possible, and um, I really appreciate it. It goes noticed. And um, I'm thankful for it and count myself lucky and privileged to be able to do this this kind of thing. So uh, with all that said, we are on Chapter 5, which is page, going by the PDF, it's page 99. In the report, I think it's page 95. Yeah. So we're going to start Chapter 5 today of the Special Counsel Herd's report. All right, Chapter 5, Mr. Biden's second book. Promise me, Dad, and the discovery of classified Afghanistan documents. Like many presidents, Mr. Biden has long viewed himself as a historic figure. Elected to the Senate at age 29, he considered running for president as early as 1980 and did so in 1988, 2008, and 2020. During his 36 years in the Senate, Mr. Biden believed he had built a record in both domestic and foreign affairs that made him worthy of the presidency. In addition to his to the notebooks and note cards on which he took notes throughout his vice presidency, 
Mr. Biden collected papers and artifacts related to noteworthy events and issues and events in his public life. He used these materials to write memoirs, published in 2007 and 2017, to document his legacy and to cite as evidence that he was a man of presidential timber. For example, as a young senator in the 1970s, Mr. Biden had several congressional delegations to, uh, or led several congressional delegations to Europe and the Soviet Union. As explained in Chapter 8, he viewed these trips as historic and believed they prepared him to be president. Mr. Biden wrote about these trips in his 2007 memoir, Promises to Keep. In 2023, FBI agents recovered official documents, including marked classified documents related to these trips in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage. In 2009, while serving as vice president, Mr. Biden strongly opposed the military's plan to send tens of thousands of additional troops to Afghanistan. Mr. Biden endured sharp criticism, both during the debate and after President Obama rejected his advice and decided to send additional troops to Afghanistan. But Mr. Biden always believed he was right and that he would be vindicated by history. He kept documents related to the debated troop surge, included, including a classified handwritten memo he sent President Obama in 2009 opposing the surge, and marked classified documents supporting his position. In December 2022 and January 2023, FBI agents recovered these materials from Mr. Biden's Delaware garage and office. Finally, as explained in Chapter 4, during his eight years as vice president, Mr. Biden regularly wrote notes by hand in notebooks. One such notebook entry makes clear that President Biden had long contemplated writing a book about his vice presidency. In July 2010, he documented a meeting to discuss a possible book about Mr. VP's, about my VP years. That's a quote. In Mr. Biden's view, there were three plausible reasons for having one written or writing one. One, defense. Others will write and want a record. Two, future. Who knows about 2016? Three, profit or retirement. Interesting. Those are these are these are Biden's notes right here. That he wrote he wrote that right there. Um, interesting that he was thinking of it in that that way. I can understand it. That's an insight into his thinking. One function of Mr. Biden's notebooks was to provide raw material for his eventual second memoir. After leaving office, Mr. Biden kept his notebooks at his homes in Virginia and Delaware and used them to write that book, Promise Me Dad. In January 2023, FBI agents recovered these notebooks, primarily in Mr. Biden's home office and den. Part 1. Mr. Biden's 2017 memoir, Promise Me Dad. After his vice presidency, Mr. Biden wrote and published a memoir in 2017 titled Promise Me Dad. Evidence suggests, here, hold on just a moment. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Where was I? Evidence suggests that while researching and writing the book, Mr. Biden found marked classified documents in the basement of his rental home in Virginia and told his ghostwriter about it during an audio recorded conversation. 
And while the published book is not known to contain classified information, while writing the book in unsecured locations, Mr. Biden used notebooks containing notes he took during his vice presidency about classified meetings and information. Part A, Promise Me, Dad. Unlike Mr. Biden's earlier idea for a book that would chronicle all eight years of his vice presidency, Promise Me, Dad has a narrower focus. The book recounts a 14-month period of Mr. Biden's vice presidency from Thanksgiving 2014 to January 2016, during which he dealt with the illness and eventual death of his elder son, Beau, who died in May 2015. The book discusses the toll that loss took on Mr. Biden, the foreign policy issues in Ukraine, Central America, and Iraq he addressed during that time, and the role his son's death played in Mr. Biden's decision not to run for president in 2016. It was published in November 2017, and it quickly became a number one New York Times bestseller. Mark Zwanitzer Mr. Biden worked with a ghostwriter, Mark Zwanitzer, to, pro- to write Promise Me, Dad. Zwanitzer is an author and documentary filmmaker specializing in American history and politics. He had previously ghostwritten Mr. Biden's 2007 memoir, Promises to Keep. Zwanitzer has never held a security clearance or become familiar with the restrictions on the handling of classified material. Mr. Biden knew this. In 2000, 2011, he, promised, he proposed hiring Zwanitzer as an official historian for the office of the vice president. At Mr. Biden's request, counsel to the vice president, Hogan, prepared a memorandum assessing the proposal and any issues that could arise. The memorandum noted that if hired, Zwanitzer, quote, will likely need a security clearance, end quote, and that any discussions that cover classified topics would have to, quote, occur in a secure facility like your West Wing office. The memo explained that, quote, any notes or other material that contain classified information must be maintained in secure safes, produced on a classified computer, and stored in a secure facility. Mr. Biden did not go through with the proposal. Next part, book planning and research. In late 2015, shortly after his son's death, Mr. Biden began planning to write a memoir that drew upon his time as vice president. He met with Zwanitzer and other aides to discuss book ideas and logistics. They also solicited input from editors and publishers. During these early meetings in late 2015 and early 2016, Mr. Biden and Zwanitzer decided to focus the book on a small window in time during which Mr. Biden balanced his responsibilities as vice president with his family, responsibilities during and in the wake of his son's illness and death. From approximately April 2016 through February 2017, Mr. Biden worked with Zwanitzer to outline the book and draft a proposal to submit to publishers. Zwanitzer compiled a chronology of Mr. Biden's day-to-day activities in late 2015 and early 2016 using Mr. Biden's daily schedules and calendars from this time as vice president. Mr. Biden's staffers gathered the schedules for Zwanitzer. Looking at these footnotes here. Okay, I don't see any. The only thing from the, it's just telling you where, her is getting the information about this and a lot of them are emails that he has access to. I was curious to see if there was anybody new appearing that we would learn her did an an interview with, you know. 
All right, next part, the writing process. Swanitzer interviewed Mr. Biden more than a dozen times while researching and writing Promise Me Dad. During the interviews, Mr. Biden recounted the events of 2015, including the challenges of dealing with profound personal tragedy while fulfilling his duties as vice president. Swanitzer also interviewed Mr. Biden's family members and former staffers. Swanitzer audio recorded the interviews, then transcribed the recordings for use in writing Promise Me Dad. The interviews began in the spring of 2016 and continued through the summer of 2017. Zwanitzer um, oh, interviewed Mr. Biden several times at the Naval Observatory in 2016 while Mr. Biden was still serving as vice president. After Mr. Biden left office, he met with Zwanitzer in his rental home in Virginia. During the summer of 2017, Zwanitzer and Mr. Biden worked together to finalize the manuscript at Mr. Biden's beach home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Part B. Mr. Biden used his notebooks in writing Promise Me Dad. In writing Promise Me Dad, Mr. Biden relied extensively on the notebooks containing notes he took during his vice presidency. Mr. Biden referred to and read from his notebooks during his interviews with Zwanitzer. According to Zwanitzer, the notebooks, quote, made the book possible by providing the emotional arc of the story. One of the primary sources of material for Promise Me Dad was Mr. Biden's daily notebook from August 2014 to September 2016. This notebook contained notes of meetings Mr. Biden attended as well as entries about his other activities during this period. Many of the meetings related to foreign policy and classified information, including the President's Daily Brief, National Security Council meetings, and other briefings. Some of these entries remain classified up to the secret level. The notebook also contained notes on matters other than foreign policy, including Mr. Biden's private lunches with President Obama and meetings with advisors to discuss whether to run for president in 2016. Some of the entries were highly personal, most notably entries reflecting on his son's illness and death. While this notebook provided much of the framework for Promise Me Dad, Mr. Biden also used other notebooks in writing the book. Mr. Biden used and referred to a notebook labeled Foreign Policy, November 2013 to 2014. This notebook also contained his notes on the President's Daily Brief, National Security Council, and other Situation Room meetings, and other foreign policy briefings. As explained below, at one point Mr. Biden told Zwanitzer that some of the information in the notebook may be classified. Some of these entries remain classified up to the top secret level. Mr. Biden also referred to a notebook labeled Foreign Policy, which contained similar notes on classified briefings. Some of these entries remain classified up to the secret level. Finally, Mr. Biden also used a notebook labeled Obama Biden 7 15 13 to 10 10 16. So July 15, 2013 to October 10, 2016. It contained mainly notes on meetings with political advisors, and upon preliminary inspection, it does not appear to contain classified information. All right, Part C. Mr. Biden referred to and read from his notebooks during his interviews with, with Zwanitzer. During many of the interviews with his ghostwriter, Mr. Biden read from his notebooks nearly verbatim, sometimes for an hour or more at a time. Zwanitzer later transcribed the recordings of the interviews. Zwanitzer described this process of listening to and transcribing Mr. Biden's reading from his notebooks as, quote, incredibly painstaking. 
I would imagine so. At times during these interviews, Mr. Biden took steps to ensure that Zwanitzer did not read or have access to the classified portions of the notebooks. With one exception of which we are aware, discussed below, Mr. Biden did not let Zwanitzer read or handle the notebooks. On much, multiple occasions, Zwanitzer suggested it would be easier if Mr. Biden photocopied the relevant notebook entries and allowed Zwanitzer to use the copies, but Mr. Biden declined. According to Zwanitzer, Mr. Biden, quote, really never let the journals out of his hand and did not let others access them. That is interesting. In a way, it's to Biden's credit, of course, but it also makes you wonder if there's other information in the notebooks, you know, like that would cast him in a negative light or there's information in it. I don't think he's doing it because he wants to to protect classified material. Otherwise, he would have had all this stuff protected at the archives, right? So he's... It seems less likely that he's uh, protecting classified material um, and more likely that he's protecting against uh, himself, against exposure of uh, other things he wrote in there that would be damaging to him or you know something along those lines. All right, D, Mr. Biden disclosed classified information in his notebooks to Zwanitzer. Based on our review of the notebooks and recorded interviews, when Mr. Biden came to potentially classified material in his notebook entries, he appears to have sometimes stopped at or skipped over the potentially classified material. Swanitzer also recalled Mr. Biden mentioning the need to be careful, quote, because he was worried that there was a possibility that some of this stuff, meaning his handwritten entries in the notebooks, could be classified. According to Zwanitzer, quote, there were things he couldn't tell me, lines he couldn't cross. At other times, however, Mr. Biden read his notes from classified meetings to Zwanitzer nearly word for word. So see, there's the, there's the contradiction. Um, there's an, okay, in that right there, there's the admission from Biden that he knew there was classified material in those notebooks and or potentially classified material. And he's protecting it from Zwanitzer's ears. But at other times, he reads notes from classified meetings word for word. And if the meeting is classified, then what's discussed in the meeting is classified, right? So he's picking and choosing which... uh classified material. I still kind of think that he's in a way bragging uh, by mentioning to Zwanitzer, oh, got some classified material here. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but you know, I, I kind of wonder if it's a flex because Biden's that type, as we have seen in many video clips. He, he especially earlier before he was president, he is that type to, uh, to flex in that way. Okay, next part. Notes of Situation Room Meeting During Summer of 2015 On February 16, 2017, for example, when Mr. Biden was no longer vice president, he met with Zwanitzer at the rental house in Virginia. During this meeting, Mr. Biden read from notes he took during a meeting in the Situation Room in the summer of 2015, which was attended by senior military officials, the CIA director, and others. Mr. Biden appeared to tell Zwanitzer this notebook entry related to, quote, a long meeting on the National on the Security Council on, and there's a pause, it probably was classified. Mr. Biden's meeting notes summarize the actions of and views of the U.S. military leaders and the CIA director relating to a foreign country and a foreign terrorist organization. 
Mr. Biden had skipped over this same entry during a previous conversation with Swanitzer in October 2016, when Mr. Biden was still vice president. But on February 16, 2017, after he was no longer vice president, Mr. Biden read portions of the same notebook entry aloud and nearly verbatim to Zwanitzer, including portions containing information that remains classified up to the secret level. Though Mr. Biden read these portions of the notebook entry, he also skipped over other portions of the entry. So he's, he's picking and choosing what he wants to convey. I wonder if what he's choosing, he's choosing the stuff that makes him look good, right? Obviously. Or articulate or, you know, smart, whatever, perceptive, uh, prescient. Two months later, on April 10th, 2017, during another recorded conversation with Swanitzer, Mr. Biden returned to the same notebook entry detailing the same situation room meeting from the summer of 2015. Immediately before discussing the notebook entry, Mr. Biden discussed extremely personal notebook entries touching on the illness and death of his son, Beau, its effect on his family, and the, the wrenching decision about whether to run for president in 2016. After discussing these highly emotional topics, Mr. Biden turned immediately to the notebook entry from the summer 2015 Situation Room, which began on the very next page of the notebook and read additional portions of the entry nearly verbatim, including portions of the entry he read to Zwanitzer during the February 16, 2017 meeting. The passages Mr. Biden read to Zwanitzer on April 10, 2017 contain information that remains classified up to the secret level. I wonder what it is about that meeting that he, why he kept bringing it up. I guess it's in, in that book. Maybe if we, if one of us wanted to waste a few dollars on that promise me dad book, we could find information about that meeting in the summer of 2015. And maybe we could get context of why he, uh, kept referring to it, uh, to his ghostwriter. Notes of national security council meeting in November, 2014. In a later recorded conversation with Zwanitzer on April 24, 2017, Mr. Biden read from a different notebook entry, this time from notes he took during a National Security Council meeting in the Situation Room in November 2014. Mr. Biden read aloud from notes summarizing a range of issues relating to a foreign terrorist organization, including specific entries of the U.S. military and views expressed by the intelligence community, including the Director of National Intelligence and the CIA Director. While reading those notes, Mr. Biden struggled to read his handwriting, and he showed part of the handwritten message to Zwanitzer. The two then had the following exchange. Mr. Biden, do you have any idea what the hell I'm saying there? Less on the number of what? Isn't that awful? Zwanitzer, something, number something, quality, I can't. Mr. Biden, some of this may be classified, so be careful. Zwanitzer, okay. Mr. Biden, I'm not sure. It isn't marked classified, but... Mr. Biden then continued to read nearly verbatim from portions of his notes on the 2014 Situation Room meeting. Some of the portions that Mr. Biden read to Zwanitsa remains classified at the secret level. Okay, I got a comment here. Have y'all noticed how many of the comments that are in here that are coming from Biden? About it being classified, about what he has. Like, these are so similar to comments that Trump has made about his classified docs. And I'm starting to get the feeling that Trump was aware of these comments that Biden made on this recording. 
And Trump was aware of Biden storing these classified documents and his mishandling of them. And I'm thinking that Trump made some of the comments that we have heard and that the hostile media have grabbed onto and parroted and mocked Trump with and tried to smear him with. I think Trump said those things on purpose in order to get them to do that. And then now you're reading this and it's like, no, this is actually criminal. <laughs> what Mr. Biden is doing here is actually criminal. Uh, and what Trump did uh, was not. You know, there were times where Trump like make these comments about there's that recording where he's talking to Mark Meadows authors and he's like, Oh, you see this in this paper? They tried to get me to do this. It's probably classified, you know, it's like, uh, and the media ran with that. Oh, Trump knew he had classified documents and he was sharing them with people. He was showing them classified maps when really it's probably a map of the hurricane that he drew with a Sharpie on and made it look like a penis. Um, like I think, I think Trump was trolling the media in his comments because he knew that these comments from Biden were already on the record and would come out eventually. It's very Trumpian. It's We've seen him do that exact same thing so many times. And uh, it's, it's coming across here. Okay. Mr. Biden then continued to read nearly verbatim from portions of his notes on the 2014 Situation Room meeting. Some of the portions that Mr. Biden read to Zwanitzer remains classified at the secret level. More generally, during his dozens of hours of interviews with Zwanitzer, Mr. Biden read from a notebook from notebook entries related to class of many classified meetings, including National Security Council meetings, CIA briefings, Department of Defense briefings, and other meetings and briefings with foreign policy officials. Another thought I'm having is that if Biden is this reckless. Um, with this classified information in front of his ghostwriter, and he's using it to, of course, try and make himself look good and create a good story for this book that Zwanitzer is going to write about him. And remember, uh, remember that Mr. Biden, you got to keep this in mind, even though that we don't agree with this, Mr. Biden sees himself as this historic figure who's worthy of being president and whose career is laudable. That's how he sees himself. And that's part of his motivation for keeping this stuff is he wants to record how great he is and have control of all this information about how great he is. And he wants to write these books and eventually create a library one day that details and showcases how great he is. And he's that reckless with classified information to that end. Okay, he's willing to be that reckless with it. So how much more reckless is he willing to be with classified information when there's something for him to gain, such as financial gain. Is he this, is he this loose? Is he this willing to share classified information with uh, people who have money and want and power and are willing to purchase that classified information from him? So I think, I think some of this evidence, you know, it's like, it speaks to Biden's mindset and you know, if he's willing to do this just to make him look good um, in a ghost written book, how much more willing would he be to provide similarly classified information? We're talking about top secret. So how much willing would he be to share top secret information 
with uh, his Chinese business partners in CEFC or Ukrainian partners or any others or with Hunter who could then communicate it to those partners. All right, part E, Mr. Biden also used his note cards in writing his book. In addition to his notebooks, Mr. Biden also um, used other notes he wrote on note cards while vice president. These included notes that he took during his private lunches with President Obama, several of which featured prominently in the book. In the book, Mr. Biden described his weekly lunches with President Obama as, quote, the one setting where we could talk frankly without fear of being overheard. They were an opportunity to discuss the most important issues facing the administration, the country, and the world at that moment, and we could talk through any personal issues we were having. Quote, if something, if something, this is all a quote, if something one of us had done angered or disappointed the other, the weekly lunch was the time to clear the air. Interesting. So it's, he wrote down where they disagreed on stuff. The lunches were often personal in nature, as Mr. Biden described in the book, quote, the conversations at our lunches was was just as often personal. We talked about our wives. Ooh. <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> oh, Lord, is disclosure of Mike Obama going to come? via Biden's note cards. <laughs> Is there a Biden note card that says Michelle Obama still has a dick? <laughs> oh, surely. There's no, sure, sure, there is. Oh my God. Okay. I got to get control of myself. <laughs> the conversation at our lunches was off was just as often personal. We talked about our wives. We talked about the close friendship between his daughters and my granddaughter and what was going on in their lives. We talked about golf. Many of Mr. Biden's notes on his lunches with President Obama were taken on the long, narrow note cards that he used regularly as vice president. Part F, Mr. Biden's staff made copies of his note cards for use in writing, promise me, Dad. As explained in Chapter 4, Mr. Biden's staff made copies of his note cards for him to take after he left the vice presidency and use in writing, promise me, Dad. After his staff, staffers raised concerns that some of the note cards contained classified information, it appears that Mr. Biden's staff arranged for his copies of the note cards to be stored in a safe at the Naval Observatory and then to be held in personal storage in a skiff at the National Archives. Mr. Biden visited the, visited the National Archives twice after he left office in 2017 to review the note cards as part of the book writing process. Both trips were occasioned by Zwanitzer's request for notes related to specific events during Mr. Biden's vice presidency, including several of Mr. Biden's lunches with President Obama that were later featured in Promise Me, Dad. Part 2, February 16, 2017. I just found all the classified stuff downstairs. End quote. Oh, gosh. 
I'm definitely going to have to clip that that segment about them talking about their wives. All right. During a recorded interview on February 16th, 2017, at Mr. Biden's rental home in Virginia, after the end of his vice presidency, Mr. Biden told Zwanitzer he had just found classified material downstairs. From context, Mr. Biden appears to have been referring to classified documents relating to American military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. When he made his statement to Zwanitzer, Mr. Biden was discussing a handwritten memo he had sent to President Obama opposing the deployment of more troops to Afghanistan in 2009. Before meeting with Mr. Biden on February 16, 2017, Zwanitzer emailed a Biden staffer explaining that he, quote, wanted to concentrate on the personal diaries from June 2015 through Thanksgiving 2015 and asking if Mr. Biden, quote, could have those on hand. When they met on February 16, 2017, Mr. Biden and Zwanitzer talked for several hours. Mr. Biden's sister, Valerie Biden Owens, was also present. Zwanitzer recorded the conversation and later transcribed it. They sat on the main floor of the Virginia House in the library den, which is shown below. Oh, I am jealous. That looks nice. The main floor library den, July 10th. 2019 one day one day i'm gonna i want to have a library not too dissimilar from that and i will drink coffee and smoke cigars and read and and read documents it will be wonderful all right mr biden began the interview with a long discussion about the murder of nine worshipers at the emmanuel african methodist church in charleston south carolina and a discussion of his son, Beau. During this portion of the recording, Mr. Biden did not sound like he was reading from notes. He then turned to his daily notebook for August 2014 through September 2016. Mr. Biden read from an entry containing notes on July 7, 2015, National Security Council meeting about Iraq. While reading from his notebook, Mr. Biden listed four points he made about the Iraq situation during the July 7, 2015 meeting. Mr. Biden explained to Zwanitzer that he had made similar arguments years earlier during the 2009 debate about the troop surge in Afghanistan. Mr. Biden told Zwanitzer he had sent President Obama a 40-page handwritten memo, golly, arguing against the deployment of additional troops in Afghanistan on the grounds that it wouldn't matter. Mid-sentence, during this narrative, Mr. Biden said in a matter-of-fact tone, that he had just, fa- quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. 40 page. A 40 page handwritten memo. Golly. All right. So this was, quote, so this was, I early on in 09, I just found all the classified stuff downstairs. I wrote the president at a handwritten 40 page memorandum arguing against deploying additional troops to Iraq. I mean to Afghanistan, on the grounds that it wouldn't matter, that the day we left would be like the day before we arrived, and I made the same argument. I wrote that piece 11 or 12 years ago. As discussed in the next chapter, Mr. Biden was referring to a long, handwritten memo he faxed to President Obama from Nantucket over the Thanksgiving weekend in 2009. In the memo, which Bob Woodward later detailed in his book, Obama's Wars, Mr. Biden argued against engaging in full-scale counterinsurgency and nation-building in Afghanistan. 
As noted above, this February 2017 meeting with Swanitzer was on the main floor of the Virginia home. Downstairs was where Mr. Biden and Swanitzer sat and was Mr. Biden's basement office where he kept his personal papers. The photo below shows the basement, uh, the basement office in October 2017, several months after the February 2017 meeting with Swanitzer. Okay, so this is it right here. I'm just I'm just noticing things about this office. Okay, just it looks like an El Cheapo chair, honestly. Well, maybe I shouldn't say El Cheapo, just. A fairly cheap chair, and I'm pretty sure I've had the same one at an office. <laughs> All right. During Mr. Biden's interview, actually, I want to set, make a comment. So Biden's looking at the camera person as they're taking the photo, and Biden's kind of grinning. So, I mean, this is the kind of photo where you could picture he's he maybe wants this photo taken for uh, a book or something like that. But um, I, I've been thinking about all these photos that are in the Her Report because there's lots of photos in the Situation Room meetings, photos in the White House, photos at his homes. Um, there's all these images and some of them like came across to me as did he know he was being photographed here? Um, but I kind of wonder if, um, so I find myself wondering about why these photos exist. And I think they, a lot of them exist because of Biden's ego and him wanting these things documented because he believed he was going to be this historic president. So he had this camera person he, either he employed somebody or he would have somebody take photos. I don't know, but I think the existence of a lot of these photos, I don't think it's some secret surveillance or anything. I think it's because it's either archiving like historical archival work that is done to uh, take photos of historic moments in the White House or uh, in the Obama admin. But I think others are because of Biden's e because of Biden's ego. And he wants to document all these things he's doing because he's thinking about his legacy and how he wants to be remembered in history. So, and I think this is the, this is exactly that. This one right here is an example of that, but there are some others that I think are at first they struck me as you know, why was this photo taken at all? Now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, you know, the way Biden views it, he's in that meeting asserting his leadership and his his he's articulating his policy ideas and whatnot. He sees it as a moment of his greatness, and that's what he wants it represented as. So just a just a thought on why there's so many photos. All right, I need a little bit more coffee. I hope this. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this section. I'm enjoying it, and I hope the audio is tolerable. I know it's not my my typical audio setup, but um, I do hope that it is. It's not too bad. During Mr. Biden's interview with the special counsel, he said that at the time of the February 2017 meeting, which was about a month after he moved into the Virginia house, he was likely still going through boxes of materials. He said his belongings were, quote, taking up a lot of room in the house, and he was trying to figure out, quote, what, what did they, his, meaning his staff, what did they pick up? 
Or what did they pack up? What's here? Where in the hell is all this stuff going? And what do I clear out? What do I get out of the way? So he's sorting all this material, all these archives and boxes and stuff. Among the things he probably searched for in boxes were his notebooks, which he believed he gathered and kept on the main floor of his Virginia house. All three participants in February 6th, February, on February 16th, I'm sorry, guys. All three participants in the February 16th, 2017 meeting, Mr. Biden, Swanitzer, Mr. Biden's sister, Miss Biden Owens, said they did not remember Mr. Biden's statement that he had, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. For his part, Mr. Biden said he did not remember anything at all about this incident, including whether he actually found classified documents in his basement office. During his interview with our office, Mr. Biden said he did not remember finding marked classified documents at any time after the end of the Obama administration and before he was elected president, but that if he had found such classified material, he would have given it to his personal aide at the time or to another trusted staff member such as his former chief of staff. We have interviewed the personal aide, former chief of staff, and several other staffers with whom Mr. Biden interacted at the Virginia House in and around February 2017. Except for a separate incident involving different classified material given to that personal aide in January 2017, some weeks before this one answer conversation, no one recalled Mr. Biden turning in classified documents after the end of his vice presidency. The footnote for that is Rashetti transcript. He was the executive assistant and the personal aide, uh, personal aide number three. As explained in chapter seven, Mr. Biden's personal aide recalled that during the first week after the end of the administration, several weeks before Mr. Biden told Juanitzer he had found classified stuff downstairs, Mr. Biden... I scrolled to the next part of the footnote. Mr. Biden found a slim binder of classified material at his Virginia home, which the personal aide believed was related to foreign leader calls Mr. Biden made in the last days of the administration. Okay. The special counsel's office worked with the National Archives to identify whether Mr. Biden returned any classified documents after the end of the Obama administration. The National Archives has no awareness or records indicating that Mr. Biden returned classified records to the White House to then be turned over to the archives in the weeks following the end of the administration. As is the case with every presidential transition, the National Archives continued to receive Obama administration presidential records from the White House after the end of the administration. There would therefore have been nothing unusual or notable for the National Archives about also receiving vice presidential records after the end of the administration. That makes sense. Several years after Mr. Biden's February 2017 meeting with Swanitzer in December 2022, FBI agents recovered marked classified documents from a cardboard box in the garage of Mr. Biden's Delaware home. These marked classified documents related to Afghanistan and the U.S. troop surge in 2009. The very same subject that Mr. Biden addressed with Swanitzer in 2017 when he said that he had, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. In one of the folders containing these marked classified documents, agents also found drafts of Mr. Biden's 2009 handwritten Thanksgiving memo to President Obama 
Agents later found the final Thanksgiving memo in the office of Mr. Biden's Delaware home. All right, next we're going to chapter six, but um, this gives me an occasion to look into something. So you guys probably saw Grassley's tweet. Um, Hold on just a second. Let me go to... You guys probably saw Grassley's tweet recently where he said that, you know, there are some boxes that were recovered by the FBI and they're nowhere in the special counsel, her report. Um, here we go. Last year in response to t- response to Grassley Johnson oversight, the National Archives said they picked up nine boxes of potentially classified Biden docs and the FBI reviewed the contents. Where were those nine boxes mentioned in hers report? Nowhere. I'm asking for an explanation. We need to know what was in them. Okay, so he says the National Archives picked them up in 2023. Nine boxes of potentially classified. This is December 2022. FBI agents recovered marked classified documents from a cardboard box. Okay, so it's not the same thing. Grassley doesn't say right here where National Archives got the boxes, though. You see that? In response to oversight, the National Archives said they picked up nine boxes of potentially classified documents, and the FBI reviewed them. What I'm wondering is if is um, if what Grassley is talking about are if those boxes and those are mentioned in this report, but they're described in a different way. Um, just that's just something I'm wondering about. Or if they are left out, then I mean that could be spicy. Like they're left out because they're part of some other investigation. Like because Weiss has them. That's what I'm really think. That's what I'm thinking, because I think this whole thing was started by Weiss. Um, so did those nine boxes? Are they under the Weiss investigation in regards to Farah and bribery, which is what Hunter's under investigation for? Um, interesting. Okay. Chapter six. Let's keep going. Chapter 6, The Classified Afghanistan Documents To fully appreciate Mr. Biden's references to Afghanistan in his conversation with Zwanitzer on February 16, 2017, it is helpful to understand Mr. Biden's place in the fraught debate about American policy in Afghanistan in the early days of the Obama administration. In that debate, Mr. Biden played a conspicuous role. He strongly opposed the military's efforts to send large numbers of U.S. troops to Afghanistan. And this opposition culminated in the lengthy handwritten memo Mr. Biden sent President Obama over the Thanksgiving holiday in 2009. By 2017, Mr. Biden believed his judgment, as reflected in the memo, had been vindicated by history. Years later, in December 2022 and January 2023, FBI agents found the handwritten Thanksgiving memo and marked classified documents containing his advice to President Obama in Mr. Biden's Delaware home. Mr. Biden's role in the 2009 Afghanistan Policy Reviews, Part 1. At the beginning of 2009, one of the incoming administration's first and foremost significant foreign policy challenges was the war in Afghanistan. 
which was then in its eighth year. Early in the administration, Mr. Mr. Biden opposed President Obama's decision to deploy additional American troops to Afghanistan. And in the administration's internal debates, Mr. Biden was the lone dissenter. Privately, he was worried the nation was drifting into another Vietnam. That's, oh, that's a quote from, yeah, that's a notebook entry. That comment about drifting into another Vietnam is from a notebook entry. Soon after the announcement of additional troops in March 2009, General Stanley McChrystal assumed command of forces in Afghanistan and conducted his own review of the war effort. McChrystal's written assessment concluded that America must send yet more troops and adopt a counterinsurgency strategy to protect the Afghanistan, the Afghan population. McChrystal soon followed this assessment with a request for another 40,000 U.S. troops. Around the time McChrystal submitted this assessment, quote, the Obama foreign policy team was splintering, and the decisions between two opposing sides began to harden. On one side, Defense Secretary Robert Gates, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Michael Mullen, and General David Petraeus supported McChrystal's, uh, McChrystal's call for counterinsurgency campaign and for significantly more American troops in Afghanistan. On the other side, Mr. Biden and a number of National Security Council and the White House advisors were deeply skeptical of these proposals. Mr. Biden left no doubt where he stood. The military's public lobbying for more troops was, he said at the time, quote, fucking outrageous. Privately, Mr. Biden continued to fret that President Obama was poised to repeat the disastrous mistakes of Vietnam. Part A, Fall 2009 Review. That's a photo from a National Security Council meeting to debate the Afghan strategy October 9th, 2009. I can't help, I keep noticing Rahm Emanuel sticking out in all the photos that happen in these meeting rooms. I keep, Rahm is like always discernible in them. Like his, it's like the cameraman is always catching Ron as he's photographing Biden. It's just something I've noticed in the pictures that are included here. Against this backdrop, from September to November 2009, President Obama convened nine meetings of the National Security Council to debate McChrystal's troop request and the strategy in Afghanistan. One such meeting is shown below. Good Lord, the idea... This is giving me so many bad memories. Like, just thinking about Obama right here having this meeting. This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my tongue. All right. Photos of other meetings during the course of this policy review show Mr. Biden taking notes in his AFPAC notebook and reviewing marked classified documents, including two marked classified documents that were later recovered from his Delaware garage. So, so Robert Hur knows which documents Biden is looking at in these meetings and connected them to th- those found in his garage. And he said, like, I don't know how he can tell this, but he can. Um, I guess he's just, he knows, it must be because of the dates. Mr. Biden put dates on these classified notes and the classified documents and her knows they were discussed at this meeting and there's a photo of the meeting. So 
The Bidens sure are amazing at gathering evidence on themselves. You guys notice that? They, I mean, they are really, really good at gathering evidence on themselves. It's quite remarkable. And I appreciate it. I'm glad they do. During the fall 2009 review, Mr. Biden's voice was one of the strongest. As Mr. Biden put it during an interview with the special counsel, quote, the president thought that I knew a lot more about Afghanistan than he did and other members of the administration. I think everybody knows more about Afghanistan at that time than Obama did. He didn't have overwhelming foreign policy experience. And how could he take on the most premier members of the foreign policy establishment in his administration? So he was looking for me to make the strongest case I could, which I was prepared to do because I knew as much about it as they did. Biden's ego. Playing the role of leading in-house skeptic, Mr. Biden consistently and forcefully opposed McChrystal's call for a fully resourced counterinsurgency strategy in Afghanistan and the request for 40,000 more troops to implement this strategy. As an alternative, Mr. Biden advocated a narrower strategy involving a reduced U.S. military footprint. Mr. Biden's notebook entry after the first meeting of the, two, the fall 2009 review reveals the depth of his opposition to McChrystal's proposed counterinsurgency strategy, often abbreviated COIN. Mr. Biden wrote that in his presentation during the meeting, he was, quote, able to punch a hole in the logic of those advocating COIN and noted that another official in attendance praised Mr. Biden's critique as devastating. Summing up Mr. Biden's notebook entry explained, quote, if I succeed in slowing down or stopping this misguided policy buildup, it will make taking this job worthwhile. This decision will define our administration in history. Hanging out there alone is worth it. I don't want history to associate me with the adoption of coin. Wait a minute. I see Blinken here. Blinken classified transcript, Ron Klain classified transcript. Interesting. Gates, Sullivan. Interesting. I want the. It says class transcript at 41. So I don't know if this is some other transcript or if this is from interviews that special counsel Heard did with these men. Interesting. Okay. Deep into the fall 2009 review, when in, when, in President Obama's words, quote, everyone was sick of Afghanistan, sick of meetings, and sick of one another, Secretary Gates offered a compromise. This modified version of McChrystal's proposal called for an extended surge of approximately 30,000 troops with a plan to begin drawing down this number with, within 18 to 24 months. The troop number was far larger than what Mr. Biden wanted, but the drawdown was meant to avoid what Mr. Biden feared most, an open-ended American commitment. The last National Security Council meeting to discuss the president's options was held near the end of November, with President Obama promising a final decision soon after. Part B, Mr. Biden's Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. With the Thanksgiving holiday looming, Mr. Biden made one final push to change President Obama's mind about the way forward. The day before Thanksgiving, Mr. Biden sent a typewritten memo to the president emphasizing Mr. Biden's concerns that adding more troops was a, was a potential strategic blunder. 
As was his long-standing tradition, Mr. Biden spent Thanksgiving with his family in Nantucket. For much of the holiday weekend, Mr. Biden and his staff worked on yet another memo to the president on Afghanistan. That Saturday, two days after Thanksgiving, Mr. Biden sent President Obama a lengthy handwritten memo offering Mr. Biden's final thoughts, the same memo he recalled in his 2017 discussion with Zwanitzer. The memo strongly criticized the premises underpinning the military's counterinsurgency strategy. Mr. Biden also vented his frustration with senior military officials, knowing that he was tired and angry at the way they have tried to box you in, this is a quote, through leaks and less than straightforward analysis of the alternative offered. Mr. Biden's notes from that day reflect that the memo was sent by secure facts and, quote, placed in president's hands. The handwritten Thanksgiving memo later found in Mr. Biden's home office in 2023 contains information that remains classified up to the secret level. As Mr. Biden explained to the special counsel, he sent the handwritten Thanksgiving memo, quote, because I was trying to change the president's mind and I wanted to let him know I was ready to speak out and to really, quite frankly, save his ass. Mr. Biden said he spent a lot of time writing the memo and he, quote, stayed up Thanksgiving writing it. It was, he said, the, quote, first and only time he ever wrote the president such a memo at this, at this by hand and without distributing it to anyone else in the government. The same day Mr. Biden sent the memo, he wrote in his AFPAC notebook that, based on his deep disagreement with what he anticipated would be President Obama's decision, he considered resigning as vice president. Oh, how different, how different history could be if that had happened. Quote, tomorrow the president is going to make a fateful decision regarding Afghanistan. As I sat looking out the window at the sea, thinking I should resign in protest over what will bring this administration down. Although I obviously wasn't there, I feel like this is what it must have felt like for Kennedy and then Johnson in the early days of Vietnam. I feel guilty and boxed in myself guilty for not having been more successful with the president and staying boxed in by knowing or at least feeling that my resignation would only harden his position and leave him with one less voice. Part C, President Obama's final decision. The next day, Mr. Biden left his family in Nantucket to be by the president's side for the final decision. Before a scheduled Oval Office meeting, Mr. Biden tried to schedule a last-minute conversation with the president, but his request was rebuffed. Undaunted, Mr. Biden showed up to the White House early and waited for the president to come down from the residence. Mr. Biden used the short walk to the Oval Office to urge the president not to bend any further to the wishes of his generals. After the day's meeting ended, on November 29th, Mr. Biden recorded his final reflection. Quote, I think, I hope, I did all I could have done to move as far away from Petraeus and McChrystal as possible. On the short walk over from the White House to Oval, I emphasized Obama's need to be strong. He said that is why I brought them in, quote, face to face. I said, good, he was president and not me. I would have gone to war with them. He smiled and said, I know I would have enjoyed seeing that. Two days later, in a speech at West Point, President Obama announced the Afghan troop surge, an additional 30,000 American troops, 
it would begin to draw down after 18 months. As Ron Klain, one of Mr. Biden's longest-serving and most trusted aides, explained, although Mr. Biden publicly supported the president, privately, he, quote, deeply disagreed with the decision, which he considered to be a historic mistake. Among other things, he feared a second Vietnam, with the United States sending thousands of tens of thousands of Americans over to a pointless war. Mr. Biden's personal aide at the time likewise explained that the 2009 Afghanistan decision was a huge issue for Mr. Biden that was very, very important to him. In the years since the 2009 surge, including when Mr. Biden as president decided to withdraw all U.S. troops from Afghanistan in 2021, he has invoked his Thanksgiving memo and claimed that history has confirmed his good judgment. All right, guys, I think if, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. On the one hand, I mean, Biden was right. Um, this is, this is, I don't know if consternating is the word, but maybe it is because it's like, oh, like Biden was correct to oppose that troop search. But I also think that Petraeus and McChrystal were right to propose it and push it for the reasons that they did. I just think that others in the administration, they supported it for different reasons. So there's the endless war lobby, and then there's the win the war lobby. And I feel like, or at least my understanding would be that Petraeus and McChrystal would be trying to win the war. So what they're advocating for for made perfect sense. But then there's others who just want an endless war. Um, Gates, CIA, Clinton. Um, I mean, think about with Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I mean, she's probably thinking, yeah. Let Obama get into an endless war and then I'll withdraw them when I'm president and I'll be a hero for doing so. Um, but I think history does prove, does judge Biden to be right. Um, yeah. How different, how different would we, would the world be if, if Biden had managed to convince Obama, convince Obama to not do the surge and instead to draw down. I mean, the, it's possible the world would be worse. It's possible that ISIS would have still been a thing and they would have been even bigger. Um, I don't know, but it's, inter- it's interesting to think about and it's interesting to, to see, to learn of this massive disagreement in the Obama administration and how differently history could have, you know, what how differently that time period could have turned out. All right, part two. In December 2022, the FBI found in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage marked classified documents from the fall 2009 Afghanistan review. As explained in chapter two, in November 2022, marked classified documents were found in Mr. Biden's files at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C. After this discovery... 
Mr. Bynes' personal counsel then searched his Delaware home for additional classified documents. Their first search occurred on December 20th, 2022, when counsel searched his garage, found additional marked classified documents there, and alerted the Department of Justice. The next day, December 21st, 2022, with Mr. Bynes' written consent, FBI agents searched the garage. Part A, the garage box. The garage contained a significant volume of boxes, storage, and clutter, as shown in the photographs the agents took upon arrival. This is agents took these photos. I have the same ladder. Among the places Mr. Biden's lawyers found classified documents in the garage was a damaged open box containing numerous hanging folders, file folders, and binders. The box, which was labeled cabinet and desk file, was in a mangled state with ripped corners and two tops flaps, two top flaps torn off. Photos of the box as the FBI encountered it are below. So right there, it's like spilling open. Next to a fake plant. But also it means it's out where somebody from that door could just walk over there and grab it, right? Or grab things out of it. Because the box was damaged and not able to properly package classified material, the agents transferred its contents to a new box for transport. The photographs below show the contents of the garage box in the original box and in the new box. If you're listening to the audio version of this, then... You know, we're, I'm looking at photos of, bo- of the box and the materials in it. That one says Bow, Iowa, that, that folder right there. What's this other one say? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to tell. Too many bits. Too potato. Inside the box, the FBI located two folders containing marked classified documents related to the fall 2009 policy review on Afghanistan. Facts first folder. One of the folders containing marked classified documents about Afghanistan was an unlabeled red file folder with handwriting on the front, which included the phrase facts first. In his interview with the special counsel, Mr. Biden identified the handwriting as his, but said he recalled nothing about how this folder or its contents got into his garage. There's a footnote on a check. Okay. A bit confused. Okay, this says footnote 543 up here. I guess it's this right here. When when a- FBI agents repackaged the contents of the ripped box into a new box on December 21st, 2022, it appears the order of a few of the materials changed slightly. The chapter discusses in detail. This chapter discusses in detail below two folders that contain marked classified documents about Afghanistan the Manila Afghanistan folder, and the red Facts First folder. It appears the Afghanistan folder was near the Facts First folder in the garage box when agents recovered the box, but the precise original location of the Afghanistan folder at the time is unknown. Then another footnote. Biden. This is from Biden's interview in, on October 9th last year. 
In general, when our report identifies handwriting as Mr. Biden's, it is based on the following factors, which often occur in combination. One, Mr. Biden identified it as his handwriting or likely his handwriting. Two, others familiar with Mr. Biden's handwriting identified it as his or likely his. And three, Mr. Biden confirmed that he wrote the entire class of documents, such as his notebooks and note cards. Four, the handwriting appears to match known instances of Mr. Biden's handwriting. Five, the document was found at Mr. Biden's home or office and is surrounded by materials attributable to Mr. Biden. And six, the content and context of the handwriting suggest it is Mr. Biden's. So that's her just being very, very thorough and making sure that when he claims it's hand, it's Biden's material that he wrote, this is how he knows that or determines that, I should say. Here's the facts first folder. location is there. The facts first folder contained over 200 pages of documents related to the fall 2009 Afghanistan policy review with a date range from approximately August through October 2009. Although the marked classified documents were the following, um, among the marked classified documents were the following, which are summarized further in Appendix A. So one, McChrystal's assessment marked as confidential related uh, NATO ISAF and dated August 30th, 2009, in which McChrystal announced the urgent need for additional troops and a comprehensive counterinsurgency campaign in Afghanistan. Mr. Biden marked up this document with extensive handwritten notes, which were highly critical of McChrystal's reasoning and conclusions. Two, an August 31st, 2009 memorandum from the National Security Advisor to President Obama marked top secret, secure, compartmented information. According to subject matter experts in the intelligence community, this document contains national defense information in the form of highly sensitive information about the military programs of the United States and a foreign government. The unauthorized disclosure of this information both today and in 2017 when Mr. Biden was no longer vice president reasonably could be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to national security. 3. September 10th, 2009. A draft memo from Mr. Biden to President Obama. This memo is marked top secret. was likely sent from Mr. Biden to President Obama in advance of the first National Security Council meeting of the fall review, which was held on September 13th, 2009. During the meeting, Mr. Biden made lengthy comments that closely tracked the memo. As explained above, after this meeting, Mr. Biden wrote in his journal that his presentation had, quote, punched a hole in the logic of his opponents, that the Afghanistan decision would define the administration in history, and that he did not want history to associate him with the counterinsurgency strategy. Four, an undated memo marked top secret HSC, no foreign, so no foreign, can't share with, uh, can't share with any foreign entity entitled Some Facts and Considerations. This memo supported Mr. Biden's views in the Afghanistan debate and offered commentary on the intelligence community's analysis about Afghanistan. According to subject matter experts in the intelligence community, the memo contains national defense information, including highly sensitive information about intelligence activities, sources, and methods. Unauthorized disclosure of this information in 2017, when Mr. Biden was no longer vice president, could reasonably be expected to cause exceptionally grave damage to national security. 5. A September 29, 2009 memo with attachments from the National Security Advisor to the President marked top secret 
with top secret no foreign and code word attachments. Mr. Bine underlined and marked several passages that related to the classified attachments uh, to the memo. The memo's attachments include several intelligence products from the Office of the National Director for Intelligence. Um, on such a, one such attachment, marked top secret human intelligence, comment, communications intelligence, ORCON, no foreign, FISA, appears to contain Mr. Biden's handwriting and underlining. According to subject matter experts in the intelligence community, portions of this document contain national defense information about sensitive intelligence sources and methods. Unauthorized disclosure of this information in 2017, when Mr. Biden was no longer vice president and still today, reasonably could be expected to cause serious damage to national security. I think that was five, so this is six. A draft handwritten report from Mr. Biden to President Obama, dated October 18, 2009, offering Mr. Biden's advice about Afghanistan, including Mr. Biden's explanation of why he believed the military's proposed counterinsurgency strategy would fail. This note does not appear to have been completed. Okay, part two, Afghanistan folder. The second folder in the box that contained marked classified documents relating to Afghanistan was a manila folder labeled Afghanistan 2009. In his interview with the special counsel, Mr. Biden said the handwritten label on this folder looks like his handwriting and the distinctive misspelling of Afghanistan confirms this. (laughs) Mr. Biden repeatedly used this or similar misspelling in handwritten notes as, as vice president, and before that in notes he took as a senator dating back to 1980s. So, Af- so Biden always misspelled Afghanistan, or almost always misspelled it, going all the way back to 1980. That's hilarious. The Afghanistan folder contained almost 100 pages of documents from October and November 2009, including numerous materials Mr. Biden used as reference material when writing the Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. Among the documents were the following, which are summarized further in Appendix A. Um, A November 25th, 2009 typewritten memo from Mr. Biden to Obama about Afghanistan marked top secret. Mr. Biden made handwritten edits to the memo, some of which were incorporated into the handwritten Thanksgiving memo. Entire pages of handwritten Thanksgiving memo are repeatedly nearly verbatim from the November 25th memo. And this marking November 25th memo, the original source document. Multiple drafts of the handwritten Thanksgiving memo. These include edits, comments, and additions from Mr. Biden's staff, which were delivered to Mr. Biden in Nantucket. Mr. Biden repeated numerous passages from these documents nearly verbatim in the final memo. A copy of Mr. Biden's talking points for a National Security Council meeting held on November 11th, 2009, and Mr. Biden's follow-up memorandum to the National Security Advisor a few days later on November 15th, 2009. It was marked, marked top secret. The talking points and memo contained numerous points that were later incorporated into the Thanksgiving memo, that, and Mr., including Mr. Biden's deeper concern that adding significantly more resources into Afghanistan is potentially a gigantic strategic blunder that plays into Al-Qaeda's hands. In addition to the Manila Afghanistan file folder, the box also contained a blue folder, um, a hanging blue folder, bearing the same misspelling on the handwritten label, 
The blue hanging Afghanistan folder contained only a red file folder holding a single one-page memo from 2012 unrelated to Afghanistan. Weird. Weird. 579 is the footnote. Evidence item 1B04. The garage box also contained a folder labeled foreign policy, second term classified March 2013. This folder contained two marked classified documents, one marked secret, no foreign, the other marked top secret, no foreign, pre-decisional, which outlined in broad terms foreign policy goals for the Obama administration's second term. Evidence items 1B04, B4, and B5. The folder also contained an unmarked memorandum from Mr. Biden to President Obama providing advice about managing the U.S. relationship with foreign nation that was not Afghanistan in the second term. I wonder if it was Pakistan. Interesting. Part B, other materials in the garage. Let me check something. How long have we gone today? Okay. Let me see where our next stopping point is. We're on page 137. Sorry, I just want to see where the next this chapter's over. Okay, yeah, we're gonna keep going until we're gonna let's finish this chapter six. Okay, so page one thirty seven. Let me find, go back to find my spot. Yeah, we're gonna finish this chapter. That'll be the show for today. Okay. B. Other materials in the garage box. In addition to the two folders with marked classified documents about Afghanistan. The garage box contained folders with unclassified material that was of great personal interest to Mr. Biden and that he appears to have personally used and accessed. Several folders in the garage box contain materials that Mr. Biden appears to have accessed both shortly before and shortly after February 16, 2017, the day Biden told Zwanitzer he had just found classified documents downstairs. For example, in January 2017, Less than a month before he told Zwanitzer he had just found the classified documents downstairs, Mr. Biden appears to have accessed documents later found in the box. On January 23, 2017, Mr. Biden wrote a notebook entry about a call scheduled for later that day to finalize a deal with Creative Artist Agency, CAA, a talent agency. They went on to represent him in negotiating his book deal for Promise Me Dad. The same entry also referenced Mr. Biden's work with his sister on his S-Corp. The box found in Mr. Biden's garage contained a corresponding file folder labeled Signed Contracts, Pennsylvania, Signed Contracts Pen CAA, which contained the signature page of a final agreement between Mr. Biden and Creative Artist Agency. Mr. Biden signed the agreement, which was dated a few days after the notebook entry on January 26, 2017, the folder also contained the final agreement between Mr. Biden and the Penn Biden Center, Mr. Biden's primary employer after his vice presidency, which Mr. Biden signed also on January 26, 2017. And the folder contained a W-9 tax form for Mr. Biden's S-Corporation, Celtic Capri, which Mr. Biden used to receive income from book deals and speeches, among other purposes. The W-9 form listed Mr. Biden as the president of the S-Corporation and was signed by Mr. Biden and dated January 30th, 2017, less than three weeks before Mr. Biden told Zwanitzer he had just found classified documents downstairs. 
The folder of signed contracts from late January 2017 was found in the box a few folders away from the faxed first folder that contained marked classified documents about Afghanistan, as shown in the image below. And we have a graphic here telling us where each item is found in that folder or in that box. Mr. Biden also appears to have created a folder with the handwritten label short-termism and the handwritten note February 3rd, 2017, less than two weeks before he told Zwanitzer he had just found classified documents downstairs. This folder, later recovered by the FBI in the same box as the classified Afghanistan documents, appears to be labeled in Mr. Biden's handwriting and contains material about a public policy issue of long-standing interest to Mr. Biden. After creating this folder in or around February 2017, Mr. Biden spoke on a panel addressing short-termism at the University of Delaware a few months later in May 2017. The box also contained a folder labeled Mark Z and dated February 16, 2017. Mark Z is a reference to Mr. Biden's ghostwriter, Mark Zwanitzer, and the folder is dated the same day Mr. Biden met with Zwanitzer at the Virginia home and told Zwanitzer he had just found classified documents downstairs. So you're getting the impression, folks, that the reason that box, that particular box is so damaged is because Biden's been going, oops, because Biden's been going in and out of it all these years, huh? That's why it's, it's been packed and moved several times and Biden's been accessing it over and over and over again. So he's been perfectly aware that these documents were within his residence. Inside the Mark Z folder was the final book proposal for Promise Me Dad. Mr. Biden used this proposal to shop his book to potential publishers, and this bidding process resulted in a book contract netting Mr. Biden in advance or an advance of $8 million. Mr. Biden's assistant identified the handwriting on this folder, handwriting on this folder as Mr. Biden's. The date on the folder indicates that Mr. Biden created it at or around the same time he met with Swanitzer on February 16th, 2017, and said he had just found classified documents. The folder was at some point placed in the same box as the marked classified documents about Afghanistan. Mr. Biden also continued to access materials in the box after he told Zwanitzer on February 16, 2017, that he had just found the classified documents. For example, on March 5, 2017, less than three weeks later, Mr. Biden wrote in one of his notebooks that he wanted to get a copy of the contract offered by Washington Speakers Bureau a group that had made Mr. Biden a lucrative offer to arrange paid speeches. Quote, for my records. The garage box contained a folder with the handwritten label Washington Speakers Bureau, which contained a copy of that offer. The handwriting is Mr. Biden's. The Washington Speakers Bureau folder was found a few folders away from the facts first folder, um, which contained class, marked classified documents about Afghanistan. The materials described above which Mr. Biden appears to have accessed in the weeks before, during and after he told Juanister about just finding classified documents, were all located in folders in front of the facts first folder in the box, to the right of the folder in the image above. Immediately behind, immediately behind or to the left of the facts first folder were three more items that contained information of significant personal interest to Biden. First, a manila envelope containing documents from February and March 2017 relating to Mr. Biden's retirement payments and then current health insurance information, along with a copy of the Senate Ethics Manual bearing Mr. Biden's handwriting. Mr. Biden also wrote on the envelope, including the date 417, 
an apparent reference to April 2017. These months, April, March, and April 2017, coincide with and closely follow the date when Mr. Biden told Zwanitzer he found classified documents. A, a white binder labeled 2016 containing detailed financial information about Mr. Biden's income and expenses, including expenses related to the Virginia home that he rented. Mr. Biden described this type of financial binder as the sort of material that he knowingly kept in his files. When interviewed by his sister, or when interviewed, his sister, Miss Biden Owens, identified materials in the binder as ones she printed for Mr. Biden at his request. And also a brown maroon binder labeled Bow, Iowa, which appears to have been compiled in roughly 2014 and which contains, among other things, photographs of Bo Biden campaigning in Iowa. The box also contained other materials of personal interest to Mr. Biden, some of which go back decades, and some of which extended uh, or extend for years after Mr. Biden told Zwanitzer he had found classified documents. These include the Biden archives, which compiled ancestry information about the Biden family, and which was addressed to Mr. Biden's parents at their home in Delaware, photos and biographical information of Mr. Biden and other members of his graduating law school class from 1967, a folder labeled VP Image and Press containing a 2015 newspaper article from the Delaware News Journal. The article's opening sentence reads, while Mr. Biden, while Mr. <laughs> Sorry, guys, while Vice President Joe Biden has assured himself a place in U.S. history books, his political legacy in tiny Delaware is epic. Polling data related to the 2016 presidential election, showing Mr. Biden outperforming Trump in several swing states that Hillary Clinton lost. <laughs> he kept that. Documents from the end of the Obama admin, for example, information about Biden's move out of the Naval Observatory from November 2016, a folder about the Penn Biden Center with materials, um, documents from the first few months of the Obama admin when Mr. Uh, Biden was a uh, private citizen. An IRS form 1099 for tax year 2017, documenting Mr. Biden's lump sum payment for to Zwanitzer. A binder and briefing materials of briefing materials from the 2020 presidential campaign dated from 2009 to 2020. Uh, personal photos of Mr. Biden and his family, including his grandchildren. Note cards with presidential campaign remarks from 2020. So you have all this stuff that is from 2020 and stuff from before in the same box with the classified material that Biden referenced. All right. In some, the materials surrounding the marked classified documents about Afghanistan were of personal importance to Mr. Biden and were materials he appears to have accessed around the time he told Zwanitzer they were in Mr. Biden's Virginia home and that he had, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. Part three, in January 2023, the FBI found the classified 2009 Thanksgiving memo in Mr. Biden's Delaware home office. That'd be on January 20th, 2023, about a month after FBI agents searched Mr. Biden's Delaware garage and found the box with classified Afghanistan documents. Agents returned to search the living areas of Mr. Biden's Delaware home. In Mr. Biden's main office, agents found the notebook he used to chronicle, chronicle the fall 2009 Afghanistan policy review. The notebook, which was labeled AFPAC-1, was found in a drawer along with many of Mr. Biden's other notebooks from the Obama administration. There's the office. 
office file cabinet under television containing eight seized notebooks. Man, it's January 20, 2023. That TV looks like it's from 2000. Contents of office file cabinet right here. That one says Corvette. That big white one. It says Corvette on it. Notebook labeled AFPAC 1. Inside the front cover of the AFPAC notebook, held together with a binder clip, was Mr. Biden's handwritten 2009 Thanksgiving memo to President Obama, dated November 28, 2009. The handwritten memo contains information that remains classified up to the secret level. Attached to the memo was a November 2009 State Department cable about Afghanistan that was marked classified as confidential. The cable shows a declassification date in November 2019, though the State Department has been unable to confirm whether it has been formally declassified. Interesting. Staff name redacted right here. Mr. Biden's interview with the special counsel, or in his interview with the special counsel, he initially said he was not aware that he kept the Thanksgiving memo after his vice presidency. In response to a follow-up question, he said, quote, I guess I wanted to hang on to it for posterity's sake. I mean, this was my position on Afghanistan, and it later became discussed. Um, it became discussed inside the foreign policy establishment that I was recommending it. In December 2022 and January 2023, in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage and home office, FBI agents found classified documents relating to one of the seminal moments of his vice presidency, his opposition to the 2009 troop surge in Afghanistan. The classified documents were physically surrounded by Mr. Biden's private, personal material, including material he accessed around the same time he told his ghostwriter in February 2017 while in his Virginia home that he, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. So that ends Chapter 6, and in Chapter 6, Special Counsel Her absolutely proved, um, I would say beyond a reasonable doubt, that Biden was aware that he had still classified materials in his basement and then later in his garage in Delaware. He knew. He knew. And I know you guys already knew that, but it has to be established with evidence, right? And that's what Special Counsel Her just did. So well done, Special Counsel Her. All right, guys. That's our um that's where we're gonna stop for today. Or for this part of the reading. Probably will be the only stream I do today. If you guys really like this, hit the thumbs up on Rumble, share it, share clips from the show. Um, go to the, the links in the description, have my referrals, uh, my referral links, and also the Ko-Fi link and all that, and my Substack link. If you're interested in getting this as a podcast, I do it through Substack, justhuman.substack.com, and you can get it for free, or you can do a paid subscription if you're interested. But if you don't want to, if you miss that, go to my link tree. That's where you can find all my socials, and you can find all my support links there as well. So I'm going to get the music ready. By the way, the exit music for this show is by uh, a close friend of mine, his band called Elegant Tiger. And if you like the exit music, um, you think it's good, give them a follow on Bandcamp or Apple or Spotify, however you listen to music, and um, play their songs. Uh, per- you can purchase their songs over on Bandcamp and show them some support. I would appreciate it, and I know they would. So 
God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, y'all have a great day. Stay positive. Stay positive, guys. We're going to win this war. Not going to win every battle, but we're going to win the war. God bless you all. I'll see you next time. Set it for